Dispatch, stuck out Harvest Church. moments in my life have involved other people. Uh, McKinley's going to put on the screen just a couple of snapshots of that. Some of the best moments. That's our band preparing. That's Miss Laverne on the bass. And this is the day we practiced before we ever began Stuttgart Harvest Church. We practiced that Sunday before our first preview. And some of those best moments in my life have involved other people that are around me, as have some of my worst decisions in life have also usually involved other people too. So here's a couple of snapshots. Some of those not so proud of moments have involved other people. You know what? But that's the power that exists within friendship circles. That is the pool that friends also have on our lives. It is enormous. It is real. You know, we've known about this power and this pull of relationships and friendships all the way. We've known about it since creation, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. We have known about that. And now today, 2019, we still know about it. I mean, even now today, science is even saying with studies that it's real, and they've proven that. In fact, one study has shown that if your friend becomes obese, then the likelihood of you becoming obese is 57% higher. They've proven that. And in fact, the New York Times, when they read about that study, they had a headline, and the headline of the New York Times said this, packing it on. Blame your fat friends. <laughs> there you go. We have, a re- we have someone to blame at least, right? The European headline, when they read the same study, the Europeans, they said this. Are your friends gaining weight? Perhaps you're to blame. <laughs> That's what they had to say. But there's this power and this pull that our friends have on our lives. And it impacts our thinking. It impacts what we see as uh, acceptable. It impacts then from our thinking to our behavior. And then that behavior repeated over and over again, then it becomes a habit. It impacts our habits. That study, by the way, it also uh, proved the same linkage, that power and pull of friendships and relationships on, on smoking behavior. It did the same thing with drinking behavior and that concerning overconsumption of alcohol or over uh, frequency uh, of using alcohol. It also, interestingly enough, it, it, it showed a link also to voting behavior. Um, it showed a link to divorce. It also showed a link to selfishness. And as well, the opposite, it showed a link to selflessness. It also showed a link of the power and pull that your friends have on your life related to anger, emotions like anger, and emotions like happiness. 
And so I think we can safely say this. The friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Now, I want to say this again. This is an important statement, and this is where we are landing today with this statement. The friends we choose will determine the direction and quality of our lives because of the power and the pull that they have. The friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. You know, we are tempted, though, to argue with that statement, to say, oh, no, 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 not me, not me. So let's see if it's true. Now, this morning, I I, I don't want to give you a disclaimer. I just want to give you a heads up. I want to say this, that this morning, if you were looking for me to really give you a heavy load of Bible verses and to dig deeply down through a whole lot of verses today, that's not going to happen. So I want to let you know ahead of time, that's not going to happen today. Because today we are introducing this idea that the friends you choose will determine the direction and the quality of your life. We're introducing that idea, and I'm going to give you a lot of information to support that idea. But then I'm going to kind of towards the end, I'm going to give you one single verse out of the Bible that then kind of nails that idea down. So today, if you're looking for a big list of Bible verses, that's not going to happen today. I'm going to present this idea. I'm going to support this idea with information, and then I'm going to show you, I'm going to then finally prove it with that one verse out of the Bible, okay? That's where we're headed today. I just want to give you a heads up. The friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. So let's see if that's true. Here are several reasons why that is true. Here's the first. Friends often have a greater influence over us than our own convictions. Let me say that again. Our friends often have a greater influence over us than our own convictions. Now, let me, let me give you an example of that. This is hypothetical. Let's say that you have a, a, a problem with sobriety. Maybe, maybe it's binging on the weekend, and, and so when the weekend hits, you maybe binge, and you're not sober all weekend long, maybe. Or maybe for you, it's maybe just in the evening when you get home from work, and you just like you just like kind of drink yourself to sleep or something like that okay let's just say that it is happening in your life now i have not read your mail i have it so i don't know if that's you or not this is hypothetical but let's just say that's happening and let's say you make a decision to get sober and so maybe you go to a rehab and that rehab some, sometimes maybe some of them are 30 days sometimes longer let's say you go to a rehab of a certain length of time. And while you're at the rehab, you, you kind of get isolated. Um, you, you know, you're not in a lot of contact even with your family, but you're, you are in contact with other people who are making similar decisions to get sober. 
And you also, you know, you're getting a lot of help, a lot of resources, a, a lot of encouragement. And let's say over the course of that rehab, you decide, you make a commitment, you decide, you say, you know what, my life is better when I'm sober. My relationships with family, it's better when I'm sober. And maybe you decide, I am a better me when I am sober. And you make a commitment to yourself, I'm going to live in sobriety. I'm going to be sober. And you make a decision. You make a commitment. You have now a conviction that says, I'm going to stay sober. And you get out with that conviction, with that commitment. You go back home after you have gone through uh, the, the rehab. You go home and, and maybe things go really well with this new commitment and this new conviction, but slowly you begin to, to, to go back into some of those relationships that you had previously. And you're in the car with them, maybe driving around with them, and slowly you spend a little bit more time, and before you know it, you're, spend, you're, you're showing up at the same things, whatever's going on in the evening with them. And maybe you've made a commitment, though, I'm not, I, I'll be around them, but I'm not going to do that any longer. I'm going to stay sober. I'll just put water or Coke in my cup. I, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. But the more time, here's the reality, what you begin to find out, the more time you spend with those friends, that same group of friends, the more time you spend with them, you begin to do the same things they're doing. And it's a slow process. It doesn't happen immediately, but maybe six months down the road, maybe a year down the road, once again, you find yourself in a situation where you are struggling once again with sobriety because you began hanging out with those same connections because friends often have a greater influence over us than our own convictions. The friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Now, here, here's another proof. Um, the friends we have often have a greater influence over us than older people with more experience. Okay? The friends we have often have a greater influence over us than the other people in our lives who are older and have greater, more extensive experience. Let me give you an example of this. Um, let's say we're about to do something. Maybe, maybe you're about, uh, about to start a new dating relationship, or it could be another kind of big life event. Maybe you're about to move. You're going to leave here, and you're going to move off to somewhere else. Or maybe it's a decision to quit a job and to begin to pursue another job or career or something else. Or you're going to leave this place, go to another place in, in a job. Maybe it's some kind of major life decision. And someone in your life, a parent maybe, or it could be a grandparent, maybe they warn you. They say, listen, I, if I were you, I wouldn't do that. If you do that, they might say, if you do that, 
this is what's going to happen. This is going to be the result of that or the consequence, or this is where that decision is headed. I wouldn't do that if I were you. But then you get around your friends and your friends are saying, listen, I mean, that's what you want to do. I mean, come on, you only live once, right? I mean, go ahead, do it. I'll be there with you. I mean, do it. It'll be okay. And then they give you this final bit of advice. They say, go ahead, just follow your heart. Do it. If that's what your heart's saying, do it. So maybe you follow that advice. And you did that. And then maybe later, and sometimes it's years later, we end up saying this. I... I should have listened to my mother. <laughs> I should have listened to my parent. I should have listened to my grandparent. But we didn't. I've done that too. We didn't. Why? Why didn't we listen to that voice that has more experience and has been around longer and instead we listened to our friend? Why? I don't know the answer to that, really. I, I, I can only guess that it may be something about this modern technology that we have in this day and time, and we look at them struggling to use their phones, needing a jitterbug, <laughs> struggling to... We look at them struggling with technology and struggling with these modern things, and we're like, hey, what do they know? And then maybe we think about this, too. Maybe we say, you know what? That, that, that's just kind of old thinking, that's the old way. We just don't do things like that today. And they don't understand that. That's okay. That's just the old way. That's the old thinking. I don't need to listen to that. They just don't understand today. And the result is our friends that we have, our friends, they often have greater influence over us than the other people in our lives that have more experience. The friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Here's another proof. Friends often have a greater influence over us than even God. Our friends in our life have a greater influence over us many times more than God does. Let me give you another example. Let's say you go on a retreat. Our students, we just had a retreat recently. Let's say you went on a retreat, or maybe as a teenager, maybe you went to a camp, a Christian camp, or maybe even for all of us, maybe it was just a Sunday morning like this, and you felt God speak to your heart on a Sunday morning. You felt God speak to your heart, and, and as a result... You said, God, I, I want to pursue you. I want to follow you. I, I want to, to leave this behind or this part of me behind. And I want to pursue you and chase after you. Maybe you made some kind of commitment on a Sunday morning. And then Monday came and you, you were committed. So you're like, I, I want to try that. I want to pursue God. I want to pursue God. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But by the time the week gets toward maybe the weekend, maybe it just took five or six days, but maybe that commitment has fallen to the past and your 
with your friends pursuing other things then by Friday, Saturday, maybe. And maybe in our mind, after all, we're just thinking, well, I mean, God will forgive me. I mean, he's a God of second chances, right? But we know that God has said yes to some things, and he said no to some other things for our lives. But we think to ourselves, but I want to be with my friends. I want to be with my friends. Why is it that we would jump into bad situations on purpose? Listen, I'm not pointing fingers because I have done it too. Why is it that I would choose to jump into a bad situation knowing that God has said yes to some things, no to some things, and I would do that anyway? Do you know what that's called? When we willfully break God's rules or God's best for our lives and we choose something else willfully and knowing that's not what God wants, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then what makes it even worse? Then we look to God to fix it when we've blown it. Now, there's all kinds of stuff on Facebook. Some of it's great. Some of it's not. But you know one thing I run into frequently? I run into a statement, something like, hey, God, please um, keep me from doing, you know, keep me from walking away from you or keep me from doing something that's going to change the direction of my life. Keep me, keep me from doing something that's going to, you know, ruin me or destroy me. Keep me from doing that. And here's the reality. He's not going to keep you from doing that. He's not. If we're going to willfully make a decision to step outside of God's plan and do something, He is going to let you do it, and He is going to let the consequences happen. But then when they begin happening, guess what we do? We go to God and we say, hey, God, please fix this. Do you know what it's called when we willfully, knowingly step out of God's best and choose our own path, and then we look to God to fix everything? Do you know what that's called? It's called mocking God. And do you know what the Bible tells us? This should... This should scare us. God says, I will not be mocked. Now, God is gracious. If He were not, the years I spent mocking God, I would not be here. He would have not just let me have the consequences, He would have destroyed me. But when we willfully step out of God's plan, step out of God's best, and we do what we want, it is called mocking God. And God says, I'm not going to be a part of that. I won't be mocked. So the question for this series, for every week of this series, here's the question. Are we establishing healthy friendships And are we avoiding unhealthy friendships? 
Because every time, every time, the friends we choose will determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Our experience in this world has everything to do with the friends who are around us. How we see the world around us has everything to do with the friends who are around us. How we interpret the things that happen to us, how we interpret that has everything to do with the friends who are around us. And how we interpret the events that happen around us has everything to do with the friends that are around us. How we filter our life and the happenings of our lives, how we filter those things has everything to do with the friends who are around us. And those friends, those connections to others, have an enormous power and an enormous pull on our lives. Now, it did not take science of 2019 to prove that to us. We can understand the power and the pull that people have on our lives by simply listening to God. He told us a long time ago. We can see it all the way back at the Garden of Eden, and then He spoke it very very clearly to us and plainly to us by using one of the wisdom writers in the Old Covenant. And this is what that wisdom writer wrote. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He said this, The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Look at that again. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Now there's a promise here and there's a warning. The promise says the one who makes a decision to walk with wise people, to have friends who are wise, they will become wise as well. And that promise is easy. If you will simply stick close to wise people, you will in turn become wise. So what is a wise person? I, I think we can summarize a wise person with this statement. A wise person is one who knows what is right, and they know the difference between right and wrong. All right? And they choose to do the right thing even when it is difficult. A wise person is the one who knows the difference between right and wrong, and they choose to do the right thing even when it is difficult. That is a wise person. You find them, stick close to them. And guess what? That promise says this. If you will simply be near them a lot, it will just rub off on you. That's a promise. I believe that. And that's awesome. But there's a problem with that promise. Wise people are really hard to spot. Now, unwise people, they're, they're a little easier to find. In fact, they're easy to find. I, I've got you a couple of examples here. Watch this. It's easy to spot an unwise person. So here we go. It's going to be on the screen. Here's an unwise person. Easy to spot. Oh, boom. Oh, that didn't work out. I wanted to go outside, but that was class. So just in case you missed it, We've got it slowed down here for you. I'm going to go outside. Let's go this way. Boink. 
Oh, oh, didn't work out. Here's another one, easy to spot. Let's go outside. Oh, the door. Let's wait till it opens. There we go. Boom. Oh, wait. No, that wasn't the door. It's in the middle of the room. Why would it be in the middle? Let's go there. Here we go. Slowed that one down for you, too. Let's go outside. Oh, the door's closed. Oh, it's, open. it's closed. Is it open or closed? I don't know. Oh, well, here it goes. Let's go. Boom. <laughs> it's easy to spot an unwise person, right? It's difficult to spot a wise person. You might be thinking this. Um, okay, God, if wisdom is the criteria you want me to use in, in having friends, if they need to be wise, goodness, God, I'm, I'm going to lose all my friends. <laughs> None of them are wise. Wise people, wise people are kind of, you know, you hear, you a lot of times see an illustration of wisdom being an owl. But wise people kind of are like owls. I mean, they're out there, but they're difficult to spot. I mean, owls, owls are quiet, right? A lot. They're quiet most of the time. And, and, and a wise person, they may not be the noisy one or the loud one. They're out there, but they're difficult to spot. Owls are also very still. And that's often true with a wise person. I mean, they kind of blend into the environment. They're not out there really causing a scene or making a commotion. They're difficult to spot. Most of the time, finding a wise person is um, kind of trial and error. I mean, you kind of could observe from a safe distance people in your life and around you uh, at work and in your, in your family and even those already friends of yours. You can kind of step back and start just quietly watching, watching the decisions they're making, the things that they're saying, the things they're doing. And you can begin to determine and see the consequences that are happening based upon that. And it's like, no, that one's not wise. I mean, I've been around them forever, and now I'm looking at that. That's not wise. Nope, not that one. Nope, nope, not that one. And then you see one in a distance, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe, look, there, and you're watching their decisions, what they're saying, and the consequences, what's happening after. And, and you're like, I, I think I found one. Yeah, there's one. That, that person is wise. Here's a good friend for you. Good friends are wise friends. Good friends are friends that know the difference between right and wrong. And good friends, good friends are going to make good decisions. And you know what? Here's what's so important about that. Because it will be easier for me and for you to make the right decision if we're staying around the right people. But that verse also had a warning. The warning simply said this, a companion of fools will suffer harm. If we choose to spend the majority of our time with what the Bible would describe as fools, we will suffer. Now, a fool is someone who knows the difference between right and wrong, and they choose 
to do the wrong thing. I mean, they, they really don't care about doing right. And it's not that they're dumb. They are just not interested in doing what's right. Someone could even point out to them the negative consequences that are going to happen if they do that, and it does not stop the fool. He does what he wants when he wants to. Now look at that warning sign, that warning sign, or that warning statement again. A companion of fools will suffer harm. You see, hanging out with fools doesn't necessarily make me a fool. Hanging out with a fool doesn't necessarily make you a fool. It's actually much worse than that. Something will happen to you. Something will happen to me. That warning doesn't say you might suffer harm. That warning says you will suffer harm. Now, before I started doing what I'm doing now, I was a youth minister, a youth pastor for 17 years. And I heard it a lot from students. And now doing what I've been doing now for as many years as I've been doing it, I have now also heard the same statement from a lot of adults. And here's that statement. Listen, I, I'm not doing what they're doing, and I'm not, I'm not going to do what they're doing. I'm just hanging out with them. I'm just going to the same bonfire. I just want to be with it. They're my friends. I just want to be there, but I'm not going to do that. I mean, I'll put some, uh, I'll just put Coke in my cup. I'm just, I'm not going to do what they're doing. I'm just going to be out there with them. But the principle still applies. The warning still applies. You see, sometimes it's not what we do. Sometimes it's not what we do that leads to us being harmed. Sometimes it's the mere fact we are harmed because of who we are with. You see, this warning still applies. And this week, we are only asking you to do one thing. The band is making their way up. We're, we're closing with this. We're asking you to do one single thing this week. This week, will you hit the pause button on your life? And will you watch? Will you look at the people with whom you have surrounded yourself and you have labeled them because they are your friends. And will you hit the pause button for this week? Just this week. And will you step back just a little bit and will you begin to watch from a distance and ask yourself this one single question. Am I walking with the wise or am I a companion 
of fools. Let's pray. God, this is so very difficult. Because this teaching, this scripture, this verse of wisdom... God, it messes with our safe place. It messes with our friends. And everything inside of us screams for us to say, I know that to be the truth, but I, I am the exception. They're my friends. God, help us to see the power and the pull of the people in our lives. And give us a thirst, God, for a different life. Give us a thirst for a better life, a life of wisdom. Make us hungry to find people who know what is right, and they know what is wrong, and they choose to do the right thing even when it's difficult. And God, help us to be brave enough to analyze our friendships this week according to to your wisdom, Father. Jesus, help us. Amen.